Hi, I'm Lisa Kennedy and you're listening to The Bra and the Brave. This podcast celebrates the creative and the courageous. I am fascinated by those who are talented, forward-thinking and inquisitive. Sharing their stories, wisdom and everything in between, The Bra and the Brave is about people and their passions. So on to today's episode. No, but was it this or not? Am I making it up? There was a thing in Greenock. It was a tall ship's... Yes! No, was that a tall ship's thing a yeah, few years ago? Yeah, that came up in my... That was like 2010. That came up in my uh, Facebook memories of the uh, week there. Uh, and the bit I was at, it was kind of... There wasn't really much need of a compare. They had sheepdog trial type <laughs> thing and then they had the kind of cadets doing their march and they were mm-hmm. marching to Adele, which was oh. just left field. <laughs> they were doing obviously it's a nice 4-4 four, four beat. Lovely. Uh, it's always the same. <laughs> Um, I'm here with Graeme Easton, and I've known Graeme for, we reckon, we were just saying there, probably about nine years. Nine, ten years, possibly, yes. But it's been a while since yes, we've seen each other, so it's Indeed. lovely to see you. haven't Indeed. aged a day, Graeme. Thank you. Well, I would obviously day. say the same to you. Thanks very much. Yeah. because it was at a spa day yesterday. Oh, right, how was that? So it was fan-dabby-dozy. It was brilliant. Yeah. I wanted to take the woman home with me that did my treatment. <laughs> she was just wonderful. Uh, she's getting a very good TripAdvisor review, oh, so brilliant. she is. Good, good. That, that all matters. <laughs> yes. So I'm happy to be... I'm in Edinburgh, aren't I? Because like, yeah. I just followed the sat-nav, so I don't yes. actually know on, on the outskirts, the south, south side of Edinburgh. Yes, and I, I'm in your podcasting studio. I mean, yes. how cool. We yeah. my wee amateur set up here in this very cool studio. <laughs> no, it's nice. It's not, but this this is the, the, the Well podcast studio. The Well, The yes. Well, um, which is... The Well came from... Uh, one of the bands that we've managed over the years, right. uh, called the Deadly Winters, used to rehearse on our old rehearsal studio down in Leith. They came up with the idea completely randomly, well as in Woosh Entertainments Limited, so oh, W-E-L. And the well obviously clever. has lots of connotations, there's lots of things you, yes. well, I, I'm, you're more literally, literary than I am, but you know, mm. we quite like the name The Well. So, That's brilliant. So we just set up the podcast studio uh, a couple, couple of years ago, and we're sitting on the, the sofas, or yes. the sofa of dreams as I like to call them. Sofa sort of, of dreams. dreams. Your dreams are made. Well, you I'm never quite know. happy to be sitting here. It's very comfy. <laughs> so it's a nice little studio. It really uh, is. It's cracking. And uh, yeah, it works for us. So different clients and, and businesses can mm. can rent it out for as long as they want to re- to rent it out for their own little show or for their businesses. Right. And that's one of the exciting things for us just now is a lot of businesses are now thinking about a podcast as part of their, their wider Hi, communications. This podcast malarkey's taking yes. off, isn't well, you, it? You, you've, you've caught the bug. Well, I I've know, totally. Book. I mean, I was late to listening to podcasts. Loads of people I knew, including my husband, had been listening to like the likes of Joe Rogan and stuff yeah. for years. And then, I don't, I can't even remember which one I started listening to first, but I couldn't go a day without listening to a podcast yeah. now, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, there's there's, there's so many podcasts out mm. there. And again, f- putting my, my business head on, what's been really good eh, for, the, for the general uh, populist now I think is the fact that podcasting is now front and centre it's not this kind of well it's still a bit niche to some extent but because BBC Sounds have now come front and centre yes. rebranding that and podcasting is very much part of that so it becomes mm. part of the the language if you like it's yeah. it's, uh, um, it's not for those and such as those and um, it's almost like well potentially the case now whereby because a lot of businesses are now coming to us it's like back in the day whenever websites first come on, we better do a website, eh? It's like, maybe we should do a podcast now. So Aye. if if that is how it pans out ideally for us, obviously be being completely wonderful. biased, then that's obviously great. But things, as you know, kind of move very, very quickly. Aye. Um, so we're very happy where we are just now. Uh, literally, literally happy where we are uh, geographically, but also as, as a business, as in it's, a, it's an exciting time. And yeah, we've got the studio here, but... There's one business who are actually 
going out and interviewing people and we're recording it remotely for them. So we'll go to them and oh. record it, kind of what you've got here just now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we'll do the editing if it's required. But also the other thing which is evolving, and I've done one myself, is actually doing it in front of an audience. Right, okay. So there's lots of opportunity, I think, for podcasting to go in different directions. And then again, it, it suits the business or the, or the, the yeah. client or the individual which way they want to go. And... You know, a lot of the Edinburgh Festival Fringe is about to be with us as we mm. speak just now, and there'll be a lot of podcasting going on there, uh, either outright or be a kind of almost like a an ITV two kind of you know yes. behind the scenes you kind of take the best, bit, which is what the BBC are doing with their podcast. It's almost like they're taking a lot of the shows will take the best bits and say, listen to our podcast. Mm. You know, Chris Moyles will do that on Radio X, for example. Yes. Um, so it's very much becoming more mainstream, if you uh-huh. like. Oh, and absolutely. So we're quite excited to be here with this facility and, and looking for opportunities yeah. to So you've hosted a podcast with a live audience, have you? Yes, that was a... I mean, I know you're not you're not a shy of a, of a live audience, <laughs> to be fair, Graeme, because I know you first and foremost as a presenter yes. and a stadium announcer, which yes. is, like, I mean, the biggest of audiences. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so uh, a podcast audience, I wouldn't imagine, would have flummoxed you much. <laughs> no, it was, it was it was in the Traverse Theatre in Edinburgh, which is a nice uh, little compact mm. theatre. Um, so... My existing podcast, do myself, is called uh, Graham Easton's Playlist, where I, I talk to sporting, to <laughs> I talk to sporting uh, personalities about the music that motivates, and and you've alluded to stadium announcer, but working at BT Murrayfield in Hamden, you know, you're there quite early, you're doing the rehearsals, mm. and you're hanging about quite a bit, and you know, over the last number of years, you've noticed that players coming onto the pitch pre-match with their, their very very small headphones or their right. big massive headphones, and I'm thinking like it's, it looks kind of kind of strange but you're going there's, there's obviously something there there's something in that so mm. I thought I want to kind of find out so uh, cut a long story short uh, I just started to do it I just ask people like like you're doing with humans you ask people if you don't ask you don't get so, so I ask each guest to choose five bits of music which are motivational to them or ones they associate with a sporting moment in their life so a big game or a big match or, or whatever it happens to be and we also have a little quiz to choose a specialist musical topic and I decided to kind of take that in a slightly different direction by trying to do a live show. So that's where the Traverse came in. So we did the live show with uh, Stuart Cosgrove uh, and Tam Kevin from BBC's mm-hmm. Off the Ball, which was great. So you feed them a line and off they go. So we did the same format. They chose five bits of music between them that they associate with music or the right. teams to support. In their case, Motherwell and St. Johnson. It was, like, it was great fun. Uh, and I really enjoyed it. And we tried to keep it to the original podcast format. Yes. Uh, also, a few things we changed, and the one thing we changed was I thought worked really well, and I was confident because the guy had got to do this was great. Mm-hmm. Instead of just playing the music out in the normal way, that wouldn't work because you'd be twiddling your thumbs for three and a half minutes while the music's playing. So right. I got a musician in Dougie Kay to play the music. He he learnt the verse and the chorus basically. So acoustic guitar, he learnt the tunes. So one of the most bizarre ones was. Um, it was the most left field choice that anybody who's Scottish could choose was uh, Bedeal and Skinner's Three Lions song. So yes. they chose that. Uh, I can't remember why. But anyway, Dougie <laughs> learnt that. You know, the crowd was singing along, the audience Brilliant. was singing along, so it was great. So that was a nice little dynamic. That was so such a good idea. That, that for me is, a, a, well, okay, I'm slightly biased, obviously, but I think that's a good example of taking a podcast and you've a slight modification, you can take it mm. into a live environment. Uh, and just with that and, tweak, also, that tweak and it's kind of like a little fringe show. And so obviously, I'm now thinking, right, I'd love to do. You know, a few more. Aye. So it's just finding the guests uh, when they're available, and obviously a venue, yeah. and doing the, the number crunching. But you know, in terms of job satisfaction, 
it's up there for me. No, that, that really, yeah, just that I'm, interaction yeah. with somebody and talking about two subjects that you obviously are passionate about. Exactly, but it's, but it's great listening to what people choose as their music. And mm. the, one of the most interesting ones was early was Guy Lermont, who's an 800 meter runner. And he, I don't know if it's still the same tonight, to, just now because it's a couple of years since we chatted, but he at the time said he always had the same five bits of music before okay. each race. He mm. had them in a certain order, and that was ah. the way he got himself psyched up before his race. Wow. So that, that was so somebody who properly uses music yeah. to get themselves in the zone. Mm-hmm. Whereas other people, um, they're not really actually that bothered. No. It's not part of their motivation. Because yeah. I think music, well, you know yourself, the power of music and the work that you do, that mm-hmm. it's, you know, it can be very inspirational, oh, motivational. 100%. So, uh, you know, it's something which everybody can, has something to talk about. Everybody's yeah. like music in lots of different ways. So, Because uh-huh, I, I was listening to one of your episodes where you were talking about, um, obviously, boxers use... Yes. Musically, entrance music, yes. and I wondered, Graham, have you thought, or have you ever been asked what your entrance music would <laughs> There's be? There's a question. Or has been? You might. Uh, I don't no, know. You I, might have used entrance music at no, some point. No, it's 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 a big topic. So it, when we do the the, the football at Tamden Park, there's mm-hmm. lots of debates as to what should be the music the teams come out to, mm-hmm. you know, for a Scottish Cup final or a Scotland game. Uh, and you know nobody will ever totally agree in music because it's so subjective. But uh-huh. you know it is such an iconic moment of of, of a, a big match at Lexington Park. Uh, but in terms of me, I mean, I, I would probably go for something which has been one of my two ringtones recently. So um, I'm a, I'm a, an indie kid of the early nineties, mm-hmm. late eighties. So it'd probably be uh, Happy Monday Step On, which is my current cool. ringtone. I managed to loop the beginning, so it goes on for ages. Nice. The piano bit at the beginning. Uh, or possibly another one I had for a while was again that indie phase was the charlatans the only one I know oh yeah I just like the, the intro to that but you know I could probably change my, na- my mind tomorrow if you ask me again but those two probably ones at the moment because they're the ones I, I've kind of totally. used a lot but I could easily change my mind tomorrow so you've got quite an eclectic taste have, in music yeah yeah yeah, yeah I have mm-hmm. um and was music something that was important growing up? That Absolutely. You come from a musical background? Did yeah. you play any instruments? Yeah, I played. I played. Uh, well, I think like most people at primary, you're given the opportunity to play possibly the violin or the recorder. I was going to say the recorder. We were in his fancy in Belsa. We didn't get violins. Well, I'm a recorder. You recorded as well. I was recorder. Well, I was recorder. I and went on to guitar after well, that. I, 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 well, I, I used the word progressed advisedly, but I progressed <laughs> at secondary school to the oboe, which probably oh isn't the one. Goodness. It probably wouldn't be the one I've cho- I would choose, but... So I was musical in that sense, but you know, always loved music, and you know, I did always listen to the radio. I was fascinated mm-hmm. by the radio, which maybe the psychologist <laughs> would have a field day saying, "Oh, look what you're doing now!" But yeah. I love love the radio. Um, did radio you used st- to try and tape the charts on a Sunday without yeah. getting the chat in? All that, all that, done all that, <laughs> been there. But you know, collecting. I remember getting the, the either seven inch or twelve inch vinyl came in like. Um, very fancy gatefold sleeves, or some mm. were actually picture vinyl. Yes. I remember pinning them up in my bedroom wall. And That's very like in. Now art. you can get Aye. like them these display kind of yes. unit things. Now yes. they're very in. Yeah. And one thing I did, we did for a friend of ours. No, he did it for us actually when our first kids were born. He got the the single, uh, or so it was a CD single because kids are not that age. <laughs> but he got the CD single of the day, the day they were born, and that he put it in, like cool. a classic IKEA clip frame. And he put you know. Oh, that's lovely. And so we've done it a couple of times for folks like 40th. That's a great So idea. all of us have got that in the hall yeah, for all of us, yeah, the totally. family. So we've got our, well, wife and I will be seven inch singles. Mm-hmm. So I, music's always been there and obviously it's, it's it's interesting that how things have evolved that, you know, you don't actually have a physical thing to touch. No. I remember presenting a thing a, a month ago. At, uh, it was a young, young Enterprise event. So I was given like five minutes to see who I was and where I came from. And I thought, well, obviously there's a the music thing. I thought, Do you know what, I'm going to bring in 
an album and I couldn't find the first now album which I don't know what I've done with it it's somewhere but I had now four on vinyl took it in and I had I thought I'll take in a vinyl and I'll take a vinyl that's what the kids got it's a vinyl <laughs> sounding like the kids so I took in the, the, the vinyl I took in a CD and I, I found from a friend a Sony Walkman and I just said yes. over the years in a relatively short period of time probably 30 years roughly it's gone from vinyl to basically well yeah. no physical tangible object yeah, nice. and I gave one of the kids sitting quite near the front I says do you know what that is it was the Walkman no she touched it it's really heavy <laughs> and this had no appreciation of how if you wanted to listen to music on the move that was it Aye. and with vinyl then it was well as you said you could tape off the, the radio and have a cassette tape but listening to music on the move and obviously podcasting is very much listening yeah, to stuff on the yeah. move it's like in relatively short period 30 40 years mm. it's kind of gone so quickly it really is it's bananas it's uh, actually got one of those wee suitcase vinyl yes. um, record players because I've got vinyls from when I was growing up like I've got you know the Michael Jackson albums oh, brilliant I've got album. Kylie one yes. of our first albums yeah. um, I've also got we were talking about this the other week there um, do you remember the programme Blossom oh, no, Channel no. 4 programme there was no. a boy on it right. he had a single I bought right. that right. it's well dodgy I don't know what I was thinking <laughs> uh, and I ended up sitting we found them and yeah. I was like oh I'd love to play these so I bought one of those little suitcase yeah yeah record players and I like you're just like this is how we listened to yeah, music like my exactly. mum and dad used to go to parties with their album collection yes, yes. you know what I mean aye aye but I like it's interesting to to think about how quickly things have yeah, moved well, on we, we, we started doing uh, Keith and I as Woosh uh, Woosh Discos as it was back in the day right 1990-ish was when we started no way so, so that's you Keith are brothers we are indeed <laughs> so uh, we are Woosh so we started doing mobile discos Right. Your 18th or 21st school discos, all that malarkey, and that's our, our first uh, business venture was Aye. was discos, mobile discos. Um, it's not great for a podcast, but we've got some great pictures through there which we I can maybe show you and you can yes. put them on your Instagram. Yeah, whatever. that'd be awesome. Uh, but no, that's how we started mobile Goodness. discos. But I think it was that fascination with radio and obviously doing the music. Mum and dad are musical. Uh-huh. My dad, um, my dad still plays uh, his flute. He's, uh, he's, I won't give his age, but he obviously he's, he's, he's a few years older than me, <laughs> being my dad, but he plays in the Cayley band, so, Does he, right? he, so uh, they've got a really cool name, if I'm not allowed to, if I can say so myself, it's called um, Old Spice. A- I love it. A-U-L-D, obviously, for I'm Old Spice. I'm a big fan of a Cayley band scene, so I used so, to work for us. But having said that, you so. mentioned Kylie, one of the Kaylee Minogue. Aye, I know. I use their stuff all the time. Kaylee Minogue is a brilliant name. So good. I I was using that in a nursery recently for right. the uh, nursery graduation, so we were doing Kaylee dances, and I was like, we're using some Kaylee Minogue. Absolutely brilliant it. name. And that's I love so good. Names. Old Spice, that's brilliant. Uh, yeah, I love it. So music's probably um, Aye, it's just... always been there. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, mobile totally. discos is where it started. So then, sport. Yes. Is that... Also, a passion that yeah. was there from a young age. Yeah, obviously, like I, I, I joke to my kids now because obviously you've got this internet thing, which is about, which is rather popular with the young people, <laughs> and uh, so I says, I, it was, it was, I say, oh, this is better than the internet when we're playing something like outside or something. This is better than the internet because they suddenly realise mm. actually it's okay to go outside. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I, I also say to my, yeah, what did you do younger? I played football in the park, Hi. and literally that's that's what we did. I mean, we were recording this in the in the, the classic school holidays so I was out in the park playing football and maybe a wee bit of cricket uh, you're on your bike mm-hmm. but you know um, sport was very much what we did yeah, mainly right. mainly football um, and the first foray into to, to sport in terms of the whoosh thing yeah. was, was basketball 
because one of the sports I followed when I was younger was bas- was, was mm-hmm. basketball because my uncle was a basketball coach so right, I used to go okay. along and watch the games and I had a wee bit of kind of that razzmatazz going on and the team he, he coached called Boromir Bars who were based at Meadow Bank at Edinburgh they had this uh, Christmas tournament they invited guest teams from across the UK and sometimes further afield so they all kind of played each other over, over the kind of Christmas period and I was always fascinated by that. They had a bit of razzmatazz, a bit of music, like, you know, the, the walkout music. Yeah, and yeah, of course. The teams get announced, and when there's timeouts, and I, 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 obviously, I was obviously captured by that. Yeah, it's like proper entertainment, yeah, like yeah. family entertainment. Yeah, yeah. So he, when we were a bit older and we'd started doing the discos, he asked if he wanted to get involved in doing one of these at Christmas tournaments, and then we started working for a couple of basketball teams just doing the same thing. And it was kind of pretty basic, you mm. know, in a sense. But, you know, that early stage sports were beginning to see the value and it. it's more than just the game. It's like, you know, yeah. it's the whole package. Absolutely. Which, if you go to any sporting event, you know, now the people are now thinking about that whole package uh-huh. uh, or what they now call yeah, fan, fan engagement. Like, yes. Because, yes. like, when I... So I used to be a Scottish Rockette cheerleader. Ah, yes. And uh, I'm not coming from a sporting family yes. at all. So it was all music. My dad's a musician. Yeah. Um, never been involved in sport the first time going out onto court I was like this is nuts like I yeah. just didn't realise how much of like you say that entertainment value the music the fans like I just it was yeah. it was actually quite overwhelming yeah, and then a- to go we went to America a few times and you just see how big business yes. it is there and how yes. you know and obviously we've evolved even in that yes. you know, the time that you know I was a cheerleader things really evolved here yeah. in Scotland and you know people are caught on to that, yes. the fact that everybody can enjoy sport Yes. The whole family kind of thing. But yeah, yeah. music and sound effects and stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. Aye, it was like a proper show. Yeah, yeah. Now, I worked for the uh, Emerald Rocks as was, and then a few times for Scottish Rocks and now the Glasgow Rocks. Mm-hmm. So basketball is where it kind of started in terms of sport. Yeah. Uh, for us as whoosh. Uh, as, as I said earlier, it's hugely enjoyable uh, in terms of job satisfaction. You know, yeah. I think that's... You know, a lot of people moan about their jobs. You know, I, I would never say I moan or have, I would, you know, people, people say, who, who do you think you are if you're going to moan about working in uh-huh. those sort of events? But no, but it is, it is very job and it is, you know, a privilege to be given the opportunity to, to, to work in those environments. Yeah. But um, I do treat it seriously, but I do thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy it. Uh, well, that's, that's really that's, important. That's just the ideal, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So did you just evolve from there? You know, in terms of, I mean, the list, I was on your website yesterday and I was like, literally you have just presented at everything. Like, you know, all the sporting events that you should have been at, you were <laughs> Well, it's like, I mean, when we were talking before we officially pressed record, I mean, like, like yourself, you know, you, you, you get given opportunities and some you kind of go after, you're very proactive and some it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's a network and a lot of industries work on that basis, it's a network and it's that trust element and it's people know people, they've seen you somewhere else, they've liked you so therefore that's as good a, yeah. a recommendation as any. If you do a good job for somebody and you know, that's how painters and decorators and restaurants work, you know, it's, it's no so different. True. It's so not, true. It's not It's not rocket science as the cliche goes but um, no, the, the, I mean the opportunity to work at like Sir Hamden and Murrayfield and now BT Murrayfield was fantastic and that came on the back of working at basketball events. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my first rugby game was a Scotland's under 18 game at the Falkirk Stadium. Yes. Uh, so the Friday before the Scotland men's team played at BT Murrayfield or whatever, there was like the under 18 uh, team. So I got to do the announcing for that. Uh, so you're introducing the teams, you're doing the team lineups, you're doing the scorers, sometimes a bit of interaction at half time. And then I was absolutely delighted, as you can imagine, to be offered the chance to do a, a Six Nations game, which is just a, such a fantastic mm-hmm. event. That's um you know, BT Murrayfield, 60,000 people, 
you know, superb sound system, you know, teams coming out. And when you do the bit I really enjoy is when you do the the team lineups. Everybody knows the team in advance, but it's part of the the whole theatre like we're talking. Yeah, you know, it's like, you know, you, you say number 15, Stuart Hogg, number 14, I used to say Tommy Seymour when he was playing. Uh-huh. I, I don't know why I started saying that, <laughs> but a few people will like, like tweet you and saying I like that you do that. And I'm sure some folk don't like me doing that as well. <laughs> but you just find your own kind of thing. And, and, and I do... I, I do I'm a fan obviously because I'm hmm. Scottish but uh, it's, it's, it's sometimes a delicate balance between too over the top and just kind of quite understated yes. but I also think in that environment there you want to come across a fan without being totally partisan I'd like to think that well, people can hear the passion, the excitement of my voice, and that's part of what your job is in my view to that do you're totally engaged yeah whereas other gigs it might be much more kind of straight but in terms of sport I think you know the fans would like to hear a bit of passion in your voice of course. so and they respond to that. And, you know, pl- plenty of other sports, it's very partisan. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying rugby is or should be, but, you know, like in the American sports, it's like, you know, uh-huh. f- almost slagging off the opposition. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not saying we should go that way at all. But, but uh, you know, uh, it's a privilege to do it and I've enjoyed it. But I do like those kind of sort of big moments uh, and, and the, you know, as you build up to kick off mm-hmm. and, you know, when somebody scores, you know, scorer for Scotland, number nine, Greg Laidlaw, you just, you just kind of, you got this kind of, you probably don't realise what you're doing. You just it's a feel, flow, yeah, you just a feel flow, it's the right thing to do. Now, I'm sure there's plenty of people who, who don't like how you deliver certain things because, you know, there's 60,000 people there, so you're not going to have everybody happy. <laughs> but, you know, uh, I'd like to think people say, actually, well, well Graham kind of comes across as kind of passionate. Yeah. Uh, and I'd like to think that's a good thing. Absolutely. Um, so that, and the same goes for the football at uh, Hamden as well. It's it's a great privilege. Uh-huh. Um to, to do that, um, Scotland Games Cup finals, um, it's it's a great occasions, mm. um, and there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes that a lot of people probably wouldn't realise. It's not just a case of turning up and saying what we well, play so today. I was thinking you would have to do a lot of prep in yes, advance, yes. and there must be moments where you're just expected to fill a gap. Yes, I mean, at, at the Hamden, for example, it's all, it's all scripted, um, and it's scripted to the seconds, and there's a bit of you know freedom to be a wee bit flexible, mm. but. You've got the big screens now, which are fantastic at Hamden. So there's 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 content like adverts and, and whatnot, or you know reruns of, of goals up to the final and, and things like that. So it's all worked, you know, very much to the second, like a TV show, and it's working in tandem also with uh, whoever's got the host broadcast because you're obviously they're they're working to a schedule as well. Mm-hmm. So it's tying with them as well, so that you know the teams are coming out, so it works for everybody. So it's not just a case of like, you know, turning up and what we say today kind of thing. There is, there, is, there is a thought and you work with the governing body. So you work with Scottish Rugby or you work with the Scottish FA and you work together. Mm-hmm. They, they, they come up with the main content mm-hmm. and we kind of pull it together. And save for the music, I mean, you could talk all night about what music we play, but yeah. it, it's, it's, it's very important to get the music right. And it's, you know, for a, a Scottish Cup final where you've got Team A against Team B, and each team will have its own sort of music for goals or the, the music that's associated with their team when they win. So right. that's all built on the schedule and you've got to make sure there's not any inference of bias or if a, if a title of a song could be inferred. I mean, you actually go oh, quite detailed okay. into yeah, all that, which, that. you know, again, you could spend hours looking at the subtle nuances of <laughs> lyrics, right. but you have got to be very careful that, to be serious, that some lyric or if something happens in the world, something unfortunate yes. that... You know, and okay, and the, the world we live in, it's just a bit sad sometimes when people, you know, look for something that actually probably isn't there. But mm-hmm. we are where we are in twenty nineteen. Yeah, you have to be. So you've got to, you've got to be. Safe. So there's a lot, a lot goes into to right. behind the scenes. You know, with the music and the content, 
and yeah, there's a lot of freedom to be sort of mm. creative with sort of competition sort of things. Yeah. But as I said earlier, it's about making it a show. So if you've come to Hamden Park, you spent, let's say, £30, £40 a ticket, you know, you should get, despite whatever the result might be for your team, but you'd like to think that person's getting decent value for £30, £40 because the guy who's sitting watching the game on Sky is getting all sorts of behind-the-scenes footage and all the rest yeah, by from, from sitting on the sofa. So my view is that we, we want to try and sort of push it in certain directions to give that same kind of value for you at the game. So the guy at the game, the woman at the game, should get you know the best value because yeah. they're there in the live environment. The but all the wee extra things out with the game, mm. where we come in and we, we work with the governing body to suggest things, and there's some things that are you know sponsor-driven, like competitions and stuff. But it's it's it's, it's hugely enjoyable. Oh, there's loads to think about there. It's yeah, quite yeah, intricate yeah, in terms yeah. of how it's all pieced together. Yeah. And you obviously do it in a way that it just seems so slick and so natural. <laughs> but there's obviously so much thought goes into it. Yeah, yeah. In terms of like, you know, that live performance thing and, and public speaking, is that yes. something you always found easy? Yeah, it's it's, um, it's a strange one, I suppose. I mean, out out with um, sports presentation, I, I work in education. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I teach as well. So I suppose there's a, a natural um, overlap with, with presenting in a sports right. way compared to like a, a classroom. So I did not uh, know this about you. Well, there you go. Then you've there learned you something go. new. So there's a there's a obviously a similar similarity between standing up in a classroom and standing uh-huh. at Hamden Park, albeit with slightly more people in, in one than the other. <laughs> but there is still an audience there. You're 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 if I can use the word entertaining in the classroom yes. in the same way you might be in, in, a, in, a, in a sports arena. Can I but ask what you teach? What subject? I teach business education wow, subjects. Wow, right, okay. That's so, interesting. So I did, I did a business degree and I was also always interested in the world of business. And I did, I enjoyed economics when I was at school myself. Uh, there's not as there many schools teach economics mm-hmm. uh, just now. But no, I suppose, I suppose as I sometimes uh, cheesily say, I, I'm used to talking, but nobody's listening. So whether it's the classroom or <laughs> sure, that's not true. So, uh, but no, the, the, I don't know where. But again, if you if you go back in the midst of time, where, where did that come from? I Who know, knows? Yeah. Uh, I suppose folk would say to you, where, where did you get your? Where, where did the dance moves first know, start for you? Totally. You know, you'd have been something you've seen just or something you followed or to something, yeah, yeah. Obviously, a natural ability, but then a passion there to improve. Yes. And over the years, you'll have you'll have thought back to other gigs that you've done. You're like, oh, what did I say there? Why did I do that? And then no, nowadays I, it must just become just so it, off, yes, so natural no, to you. I mean, one of the things I'm always conscious of, and I'm, well, I've done it here without realizing, even I'm subconsciously thinking, as I do, and I think you and I are kind of similar because we're kind of compassionate. You just kind of keep mm. going. We do speak quite fast. And I know that that is something I need to to work on, but even now. Just speak fast. Well, we do, and that's sometimes a good thing. That's just who we are. But in, in a public environment, uh, in sport or, or in a classroom or, or whatever, you've you've got to. And I do write on my little sheets for half whatever event. Mm-hmm. I do write quite a lot at the top of the sheet slow. Do you? Because you've got you? to you've got to have a wee sort of yeah you've got a to think of your audience and who might um, be listening. And sometimes speaking fast is okay, but. I think in certain environments, if I was critique, critiquing myself, I would say, yeah, I need to slow down a mm. bit more. But that, that's important. You've got a self-awareness to know yeah. what you need to work really, on. Even doing Nobody's... this podcast, I'm aware that there's things that I would definitely change. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I keep repeating the same, what I would say in the inverted commas, mistakes. Yes. Because there's a certain amount of just, you know, this is a want to be natural and it's conversational. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, there, there are things I'm like, mm, I'd like to improve in that. And if you're, if you're aware... 
Yes. Then I guess there's an opportunity for things to improve. Yeah. But you're only, you're only going to get better the more you do something. Aye. So, you know, the, you know like, like yourself, I'm sure the more opportunities you get, the better you're going to get. And you'll work on wee things and you think, well, that's like to, if I did it again, I would do that in a different way. So, yeah. um, you know, if, as long as you keep getting repeat bookings, you can say, you can, you <laughs> can do like, that. Give me another shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, no, go back to the podcast thing I did live. I'd never done that in, in a because basically it was a fringe show in the Traverse, but. You know, I was very happy how it went and getting decent feedback. There's wee tweaks to the content I would I would make changes to, but I was I was happy how it was kind of ran as a show. And the biggest challenge for that, in terms of out of your comfort zone, was learning to do it within like a, a kind of notional hour and a half. So we did two forty five minutes. Right. So you obviously you can script to a certain extent, but when you're doing an interview like we're doing just now, you say, well, we'll kind of do it for an hour. And you know, there's nobody in your ear telling you, right, you've got two Aye. minutes to go, the weather's coming next. You know, there's no, you're not in a TV bit. No. So that's a different skill. Yeah. So that's something I like to do a kind of bit more of in a live environment and just test mm. myself. So what, my, my yeah, next... I think I'd, be, I'd find it difficult to be disciplined the way yes. you need to be when yeah. you're doing the stadium yeah, stuff. Well, I, well, I've got, well Keith's, Keith's producing the show at Hamden Park. Okay, so he's, cool. he's in my ear. So <laughs> he'll say, right, we're going to go to this. This music's playing. We've got two minutes left on the track, right? He'll count me in like three, two, one, ah, and all that. So you've got something in your ear cool. at Hamden. Okay. So that, as I say, it's run like yeah, a TV yeah. show on that. Whereas the Traverse, I didn't have something in my ear. I just had my, my iPhone with it in front of me <laughs> uh, just to keep me right. And, you know, it, it worked out really well. Um, that's brilliant. So, but that, that's, these are these are things you want to be aware of and mm. challenge yourself. And it's nice that you've been doing this a long time, but you're still challenging yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the passion comes in. You yes. want to improve, you want to try new things, you want to put yourself out of your comfort zone. Yes. And that's yes. important because that's how you keep the things that you have been doing for a long time, that's how you keep them fresh. If you're at least dabbling in yeah. something new. And I think I think being in education as well, you know, you you're uh, again this this might come across as cheesy, but I think it's genuine that you know, in the classroom you're you're encouraging kids to be able to can be and look opportunities. So why just because you happen to be a teacher would you say, right, well, that's my, my, my life sort of finished. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm a kind of one-trick pony. And we have plenty of teachers, and there are plenty of teachers who've got different skills, like other occupations. I mean, there'll be joiners, electricians, and all sorts of occupations. Yeah. Guys, girls have lots of different talents. They mm. may, or not, may or not get the opportunity to, to, to progress to them, but, you know, a teacher is a, is a nice, stable, safe job in a sense, but there's plenty of English teachers I know who have and do write. And there's one guy who's at my school actually took a, a, a year and a half out to write. Wow. He wanted to see how far he could go with it. Now, he's published yeah. two or three books and he's still writing and he's come back. But, you know, he's got a passion and an ability yeah. with the written word. So he teaches as well. But why, why should you mm-hmm. not, you said as well, off air, you know, there's lots of different things you want to do and try mm-hmm. and test yourself. So why should that stop because you've got a... Uh, a kind of a nice, sensible, yeah. stable job, whether it's teaching or working wherever you are in Tesco's or was, whatever. I think it was kind of fed to you, you know, you have to have a, you know, a career path yes. and, that, you know, this end goal kind of thing. When I, Certainly when I was growing up, it was just like, what are you going to be? When yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate that question. Oh, I know. Nowadays, it's quite in to be like a multi-hyphenate. So I'm this. Multi-hyphenate? Yeah, I read a book on it. It's by Emma Gannon. And she's very much, you know, she's a a journalist, you know, but she dabbles, she's got a podcast. So she's got various streams of income. Yes. Essentially. But they're all probably linked in some way, shape or form. But yeah, just this multi-hyphenate so that you're not just one thing. So you are a teacher, you are also a sports announcer, you're also a podcaster. Yes, yes. And that, that that, that doesn't have the connotations of, oh, you don't know what to be up to. No. 
because I feel like that's who I am. <laughs> but I'm quite happy with that. But you're happy. But but you you'll be uh, I'm sure very satisfied with things you do. It gives yeah. you a lot of pleasure, uh, and it's it's a. I suppose the classic uh, perfect scenario is you're doing a hobby. You can earn out of your yeah. hobby. So for me, you know, the sports side of things is definitely, and the podcasting is definitely that. But, you know, the kind of scary thing, go back to you saying about, you know, what do you want to do when you grow up? I mean, there's a great line I've seen in lots of times in, in education circles that we're now training kids for jobs that don't yet exist. Right. And that may have always been the case, but I think now given the pace of change in lots of ways, particularly Aye. obviously technology in lots of ways that, you know, you know, there's, there's some jobs which basically don't exist anymore. And I think, you know, for parents, I'm a parent myself now, it's like, you know, what advice would you give parents and kids now as in which way to go? Yeah. I mean, is going to do a degree at college, uni, any 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 better for you? And obviously yeah. some degrees are very bespoke and very specific, whereas others are a bit more generic. And is that is that you further up the food chain if you get a degree? There's a big debate there. So it's interesting times, but I think what is consistent is that if you can find something you really enjoy you should take that as far as you can and if you can earn out of it then obviously that's a bonus so I, i'm almost an advocate of kind of yeah. you know try different Just things out exactly exactly so I, I, I imagine there's a million highlights of your career thus far <laughs> and the many people that you've met and obviously graham easton's playlist yes is then you know you're obviously asking people that you've yes. met over the years sporting yes. heroes which is yeah. you know fantastic but yeah. can you account for some of the biggest highlights of your career whether that's you know it could be the smallest of event or it could be the yeah, biggest of events yeah, yeah. Well, I suppose that the kind of the obvious ones would be things you know I mean, I've met people who are kind of famous or, or well regarded in what they do or have achieved great sports so in terms of podcasting um, so you can pick names off the floor <laughs> but um, Dodie Weir was, that was, was what it. I was listening there you go. So Doddy Weir and I have got a bizarre connection, uh, which uh, my mum tells has told a great story of the years that Doddy Weir and I are exactly the same age, born on exactly the same day. We're both born on the fourth of July, nineteen seventy. No way. Uh, no way. And my mum used to tell the story that she was pretty convinced we were born in the same hospital. So when he came in, when he came in, he, we already kind of knew that. So when he came in here, the same sofa you're sitting on. <laughs> And uh, he says, no, I was born in uh, the Ashley Ainsley. He says, I was, I said, I was born in the Simpsons. So we had a good bit of banter about that. <laughs> but um, no, he's a lovely bloke. And obviously what he's going through just now is terrible with oh, MND. But I mean, he's obviously just full of energy. But, you know, I mean, I can't do it justice on this podcast. But he was just a great guy to kind yeah, of meet. Yeah, it was a fantastic full of, episode full, with him. Full of fun. Uh, and again, a guy like everybody I've spoken to, they've, they've got a real kind of interest in music. And there was, what was the one? It's a, it a stereophonics track he chose mm-hmm. as one of his five. And he, they, they've, they've tried to go to this holiday house in Dumfries uh-huh. and they put the stereophonics track on in the kitchen. Or, it's just any silly sort of family ritual. So there's nice wee stories about that. But he was a fantastic guest. The other one, I suppose, would be kind of memorable because he's obviously done great things in his life is, is Gordon Strachan. He was, I mean, he is a massive music fan. Mm-hmm. He he told the story that when he was Celtic manager, he had to have music in different locations right. and, and wherever he was. He'd have it in his manager's office, so to speak, uh, and various other places. But he was big on music. And when we play the music in the podcast, you know, we'd, we'd play the music out and we'd just kind of chat over it. But he said for one track in particular, Rolling Stones track, which I can't remember which one it was, he said, no, Graham, just I'll wait to listen to the lyrics. He wanted you to wow. listen to, to yeah, these. Yeah. He's, he's a big one. So that's podcast. I mean, in other sporting events, I mean, the biggest event in sporting world is going to be the Olympics. Yeah. So, 
uh, I, I worked at the Olympics in London 2012 and I was the beach volleyball announcer. So that was based on Horse Guards Parade. So they mm. turned the classic parade into a massive stadium. I think it was roughly 20,000 capacity. It was really steep. Jeez. If you can imagine like the big steep bank and you get the open golf, it was uh-huh. like that, but double. And that was that was a great thrill to do that. I mean, I'd done beach follow before and I had to audition for it. So I had to record like a, they gave you a, once you got through the first round, so to speak, then you had to set your script to read out and oh, nice. record. And it was a gold, silver, bronze uh, medal ceremony. And all the names were, you know, Lithuanian with like every consonant under the sun. So they were trying to test your enunciation mm. and your delivery. And so I recorded that and I kind of got through and I was either going to be doing, memory serves me correctly, possibly basketball or, or beach volleyball. Both had obviously had some experience in. So I was delighted to get the beach volleyball gig and that was just unbelievable. As you can imagine, the Olympics, ah. so especially London in your own country. Yeah, It was off Phenomenal. the scale and... It was it was just superb. It was such a great party. I mean, beach volleyball has certain connotations for certain people, but at the end of the day, you know, some people might take some convincing this one, but they're highly skilled athletes. Of I mean, I mean, it's you know, especially the women players like oh, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, and they're always trying to battle that one. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, as a, as a spectator sport, thrill a minute. You know, the 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 athleticism is off the scale, and music again is central to that. So every time a point is is one bit of music comes in, is like a you know a ten five ten second edit of all all the biggest hits going back over the years. But again, as a great example of you know the production values, yeah. bringing a TV view on it. But the guy, again, I'm not a name dropper, but I'm all for the purpose go of this. But but when it, the guy who was actually producing the whole show. Uh, back back then is the guy who's basically the main producer don't, don't think he still is but he was the main producer of the X Factor so I mean oh, that's right. as okay. you know so that, was, that's a pretty big yeah, show yeah. so that that, so that was that was who we're at so he was basically running the show I mean cameras what I was doing mm. another guy who was working which showed you how big they went on this was um, Peter Dixon who's the big booming voice on X Factor he was working beside me, so him and I, I did. I did the kind of sort of commentary as the game was in motion, and he had the he did more sort of formal stuffs, but had a, a license to go way off script. Thanks. He was sent out to do congas. They had cameras, <laughs> but going like this is the X factor. This is where we're at with this. This was like Hi. London, and obviously they went for it massively, as we know, and it got great plaudits, particularly for the, the entertainment and obviously the opening ceremony got yes. great plaudits. So. They went massive on it, so it was, you know, I said before, I mean, it was a great privilege to be part of it. Of course, yeah. So, to work at an Olympic event, and, you know, and I say, and I, from a personal point of view, to get through a kind of audition stage as well, and you know you that as well. You said the word audition, I was just like, oh yeah. my God. But you, you know that yourself, from <laughs> what you do, they're, 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 that is very much part and parcel. You want to get the best there, and that's yeah. part of what it is. Um, so, it was great thought to do that. Um Commonwealth Games in Glasgow was great. The, did the Rugby Sevens, which Amazing. was at Ibrox. Yeah, we had Again, a great time during the Commonwealth. Um, it came up in the podcast a few times yeah. just with the people I've interviewed. Yeah, yeah. Just a great atmosphere in the city. But, <laughs> it, but the other one I think it's important to mention is one that got a, a real uh, sense of uh, satisfaction, but you know, but also give them a, a bit of uh, publicity, was the, is the Homeless World Cup, yes. which was in Glasgow in 2014. Right. But I've worked at that event uh, three, four times. The first time was in Ed- when it was in Edinburgh, in Princess Street Gardens. If you if you can visualise as you're listening, Princess Street Gardens, the the kind of where the the Ross Theatre is, and you've performed there as well as I have. <laughs> uh, they basically built a football pitch on the open on the on the flat oh, bit. Right, okay. 
So the Homeless World Cup is, I suppose, self-explanatory, but for those that don't get it, basically it's people who have been or are homeless or a part of some rehabilitation programme uh, are, are invited to, to, to put together a team. And there's lots of networks that have built up. There's the International Network of Street Newspapers, which is the big issue for, for people in this country and various versions of that. Anyway, cut long story short, each country can put a team together. It's four aside. I mean, it's off the scale. I mean, it's proper football. They get the proper national anthems, proper strips. These guys and girls, because now a women's tournament. There's about, combining the men's and women's, there's over 100 teams now. And they always have it in fantastic, iconic locations. So Glasgow is George Square. Whether it was in Paris and whatever year it was a few years ago, it was right in front of the Eiffel Tower, that big massive area there. So oh, they wow. go like like go, go Olympics, yeah, it's yeah. like massive. And they get great support. But anyway, uh, when it was in Copenhagen in two thousand and seven, Scotland won it. The men's team won it. So Scotland have won the World Cup. You know, they had they had to play like millions of games. So it's no no mean feat to, to win anything against fifty other teams, but for Scotland to win it, they also won it in Paris in the year I forget. But that's such a brilliant event. I mean, you know, it, I mean, again, it's it's cliched, but it's true. It's, it does change people's lives. I mean, it, the, the, the reason, and their tagline is a ball can change the world. So these guys and girls are playing football with their team, national anthem. I mean, that's a big thing. And they've obviously had lots of horrendous things they've gone through in their yeah. life, but it does make a difference. These people do get onto a better, not all of them, obviously, but a lot of them get onto a, a better track in life. And, you know, it's all through a simple format of football. So that's one that we've got a wee sort of soft spot for. When it was in Edinburgh in 2004, and you know, being in Scotland, there's a chance you're going to play the Proclaimers 500 miles. Yes. So you do that when Scotland comes out, that's where you're totally partisan. But I always remember the Welsh team, They when they want, when they were on to play, they wanted that played before they played because they knew that would get the crowd on their side. Right. So again, that's the, going back to the kind of power of music, <laughs> which is a kind of Scottish anthem, but the Welsh team wanted it. But... Uh, that's such a fantastic concept. Mm. Um, it's it's actually in Wales. It's in Cardiff in a few weeks' time, actually. All right, okay, uh, cool. So I, uh, not working at it, but it'll be brilliant. No. It'll be brilliant. So I guess there can't be that many events that you haven't announced or presented. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, if you had a wish list, <laughs> let's put it out there. A wish list. <laughs> uh, oh crikey, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. Um, it is a different sports. I would like to. I, th- I think. When I mentioned earlier on working at the rugby, my kind of natural inclination is to be, you know, enthusiastic without going like totally over the top. But I would, I think my that style might. Uh-huh. It's not for me to say. Obviously, it might, <laughs> it might lend itself to doing like say darts because you know darts go one hundred and eighty. I quite fancy doing that kind of thing, and you know the darts has again gone like crazy Aye. big these big venues. So so darts would be one which is about sort of left field, I suppose. But you know, I'll keep doing the rugby yeah. or get back into the rugby. I don't work, don't work for Edinburgh or, or Scotland just now, but getting a chance to rugby again would be great. Football, obviously I love doing the football at Hamden. But I suppose in terms of a slightly left field direction like the podcasting, if I, and I kind of tried to dabble, you know, getting into this and it gets very difficult and competitive would be, I suppose, pure commentary. Mm-hmm. As in football commentary or radio commentary or perhaps, you know, sort of presenting or, a, you know, a kind of football focus or a, you know, a kind of radio show type thing. Yeah. I'd love to do yeah. that, which I suppose are more akin to the podcast interview, you're kind of hosting, you're, you're, you're facilitating. And I think that's where my teaching comes in, that, you know, the skill to facilitate and ask a question and know which buttons to push and, well, that's going down a cul-de-sac. I'll just, you know, so <laughs> yeah. I'd like to think I've got the skills to kind of do the facilitation and the kind of hosting, the comparing and, 
you know, like in a radio environment mm. or a podcasting way, I quite I quite enjoy that. And you know, there's there's different things I need to learn, but I do can enjoy doing that sort of thing, almost like a chat show, I suppose. Uh-huh. Um, so that do would be you, where do, I would. You would be great at that. I'd like to kind of maybe go in that direction, but if that means taking my current sh- podcast and just tweaking it, maybe trying to push in different directions yeah. or trying persuade people to kind of <laughs> back me on this harebrained idea but aye but uh, then if you don't if you, if you don't, don't do it you just, yeah, if you don't act like you said as my favourite kind of mantra is if you don't ask don't get yes, and quite yes. often better be a bit like oh I don't know oh, oh, they wouldn't say yes and you just have to yeah. have to go or that'll not work or yeah. you just have to do it yeah, to yeah. see you know yeah. um, everybody that I've asked so far to do the podcast I think 99% people have said yes yeah. which is amazing yeah, yeah. you know and like you say uh, you know if you just present yourself in a way that you're welcoming you're supportive of other people yes. you do a good job yep. people will go out their way for you and people are loyal if you do a good job they'll get yep. you back and Hopefully, yes. you know you've just Sometimes just go out and do it. Yeah, yeah. You wait yeah. on. If you were to give, I don't know if you're prone to giving out advice. If you <laughs> like giving out advice, but if you were to give advice to anyone, it doesn't have to be a young person. It could be anyone mm-hmm. who would love to be doing even like a smidgen of what you've done. What would your like one key piece of advice be? Uh, it's, it's, a, it's an obvious question. I've probably asked it as well to other people. Uh, but I think I've alluded to already. I think you've said as well. It's, it's it's if you can find something that you're really passionate about, if you can take it as far as you can, and that may or may not be professionally or or earning money. But I think now it's about your job satisfaction. I think in education, some people might have said, well, have said to me, given I've been teaching for a couple of years now, that you don't think about going fight promotion like being sort of deputy head or like a head teacher. Now, mm-hmm. people do that. It's in a sense, it's a thankless task. Uh, but I've no, I'm not saying I couldn't do elements of the job, but I can't handpick the, the specific tasks that I would do in no. that job. But I'm, I'm, and that some people say, well, that's you being kind of defeatist or lazy. But I says no, but I enjoy what I do just now. I feel I'm at my best, performing with a very small P in the classroom, and I feel that's where I'm at my best. So why would I take myself in a direction where I'm going to be doing less of that? Yeah. And not say I couldn't do more of this yeah. admin-esque jobs in education. So. You know, focus on what you're good at, focus where your passion is. And I think job satisfaction is so important because a lot of people, you know, I know people in education who've gone that kind of route and have, I'm not, I wouldn't say this necessarily regretted it, but they've realised maybe it's been, wasn't what it all cracked uh, up to be. Yeah, and enough. yeah, you're getting a few extra pennies, which is fair enough. And, you know, that's, that's important for some people, you know, they need the money coming in the door. But I've never chased that because I don't think I'd enjoy it as much mm. as I do at the moment. And in terms of the you know the, the whoosh side of things, again, it's, it's you know we've been given lots of opportunities as we've talked about to do things that we love. It's a great privilege, and it's it's trying to take that as far as you can, yeah. and you know be proactive where you can. You're not going to get yes to everything, but the homeless world cup, which I mentioned a few minutes ago, was a good case of whereby I saw it, you know an article on it on, on the Scotland and Sunday back in the day, and I said, oh, and I, you know that was like probably very early days of the interweb. <laughs> so it's like, how did you contact folk back then? But you know, <laughs> but but it's it, it it's been proactive, and as you said as well, a few times, you know, if you don't ask, you don't get. Mm. But and there's that again, that balance of being kind of pushy and not being annoying. But <laughs> hopefully, if you come across as passionate, you've got a bit of experience built up, then you know people would would see your CV and go, actually, well, easy, it's worth having at least have a chat with right. this guy. So I think you know, it's kind of go for it, be proactive. 
and I suppose practice what you preach that's and, and, and that's what I've tried to do yeah um, and I guess over the years like starting doing the wish discos yes. yep you wouldn't necessarily have had like this you know this career trajectory like I know what we're going to do this is the goal yeah yeah it's yeah. just like you would never have imagined what you'd no, end up doing and no. all the experiences that you've had. Yeah, there's not there's not been like a five year plan. You no. know, other, other other industries it's very much like there's a five year plan type thing, but it's certainly not been the case rightly or wrongly for what we've done here. It's kind of evolved and you kind of go with the flow and look as I said a yeah. minute ago, look for opportunities to be proactive. And trust and your gut probably a lot of the time aye, if aye, something feels and it's, right. And it's difficult to plan. You might say, Well, we know this event's coming up in two years' time, so we'll try and, you mm-hmm. know, Put the feelers yeah. out for that, you know Putting that that's <laughs> that's been that's been proactive, Aye. and that's that's your your your, your networks and that, and that'll work for you as well. I'm sure what you do, but um, it's just trying to play smart, um, mm-hmm. and and I think you just said something similar a minute ago about you know it's about coming across as a as a as a, a good person, a polite person, well to do, you do a good job, um, yeah. you know that Goes that's important. Way. It does. Uh, you are a good person. You've you've agreed to do my podcast, which <laughs> makes you a very good person. And that's the thing. Like with the cupcakes, we've met people like you guys. Yeah. You know, I've not seen you for a long time, yes. but I feel absolutely so comfortable in your your company because yep. when we met, you just yep. get yep. a vibe off people, don't you? You just collect people yeah, as you go along th- in your your years of. I think experience. when we got together, we, bo- we both know we're, we're both okay. It was a few years ago. But we're both experienced what we do. We know we've got the talent. In your case, they do the do the, the, the dancing, and in my case, they kind of host and compare. But you know as well. All the kind of dirty behind the scenes things make that sure. I think you and I both get that, uh-huh. and you know that you just kind of also got a sixth sense that mm-hmm. that is that is really important. Yeah, yeah, um, totally. Uh, it's just I just over the years we've been so lucky, like yourselves, to be involved in so many events and be privy to so many scenarios where I'm like, this is mental. <laughs> <laughs> this is cool, isn't it? You know, and meeting people and just being ready and up for it and just yeah. giving things a go. Yeah, and um, you know, I've been very lucky to make connections with people like yourself yeah. that you know you don't see somebody for years yeah. but then you're you know and the joy of the internet and yes. instagram and all yes. that and you can keep up see what everyone else is up yeah, to yeah, yeah. and this is the joy of podcasting yes. because i think chatting and having conversation yep is not always our go-to in this modern world well i, th- I think podcasting for me is going to become i said at the very beginning more more mainstream in a good way and it's in uh our job as as our business head is to make it seem as an extension of communication because you know there's a, there's a few businesses now are looking to, to use podcasting to communicate whereas in the past they wouldn't have had the opportunity so one which is uh, I suppose a, a good example as it's maybe slightly left field there's a, a lawyer's firm who would want to do a podcast and Keith's been to their offices to record it now they, they part, one of the reasons for that they want to Get away from the sort—I suppose the sort of cliched kind of stuffy image of the law, the law profession, mm. but talk about the things in their industry which are, are important or relevant, but doing it through the medium of a podcast. So oh. it's a different way of getting the message about, or sort of broadening the what what the, the yeah, law profession cool. is these days. Another one which may be slightly left field is the sea fish industry. Uh, again, they're kind of using it as more kind of short, um, bite-sized chunks of you know the issues in the sea fish industry and promoting what what they do. So th- these are quite interesting ones for me, yeah. and you know, there's plenty of other um, organisations that might seem more obvious to have a podcast, whereas those ones are maybe slightly. It shows that people are thinking in a different way, yeah, uh, and to stand out from the crowd. And for some, it's maybe to to make themselves seem a bit more kind of sort of relevant. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's definitely. 
about communicating your message. That is a, a, an essence of if you define what marketing is, it's about marketing, communicating your message yeah, to your, your to your audience. Mm. Um, so that that marketplace is, is evolving in front of our eyes at the moment. So you must have uh, learned so many random things over the years. Like you must yeah. just be like a wealth of. Uh, useful and useless facts I would yeah. imagine just <laughs> well in the testing and marketing um, again it's great for a podcast because I, I, I would hold up if I had but I'll show you later there's that <laughs> we've got the first Whoosh advert uh, <laughs> which we didn't do a lot of advertising back in the day I mean a lot of it was kind of word of mouth and it was, it was a comfortable level for us so it wasn't mm-hmm. like our, our BLN you know Keith and I had other jobs uh, which I've alluded to but um, our first advert was we kind of I'm denied for, for weeks and months about it, but we went for the approach of listing. This was taken from like flyers for nightclubs, which we used to DJ in, that they would list all the kind of bands that were going to be playing. So uh-huh. we took the same, we would listed lots of bands or artists that you would hear at a Woosh disco. Nice. And we just went really big. It was like, I'll show you later on, which is great for a podcast. You know, take that <laughs> Beatles, we put Jimmy Shand on. Because you'd have a bit of Kayleigh music. Right. And everything else in between. So we went for this, like, but you know, us doing an advert now in that printed form, it would be like, why why would we do that now? <laughs> you might do one in a, you know, if you're offered a good rate in like a, a, a sport, like a match program, mm. you know, if we felt it was value. But that just doesn't come into conversation now, the, the printed form of so advert. True. Now, so for certain true. industries, it may be quite important. Yeah. But for what we do, you know, so, you know, I've said it earlier on, you know, the best form of advertising is doing a good job. So people might listen to this and think, oh, we'll put this guy to host whatever. Now, if that comes, fantastic. That's so that's, that's been a form of advertising. <laughs> exactly. And the same for you. Yes. Uh, so, you know, being on a podcast might be as good a way of promoting as, you know, some might, might say older uh, methods of communicating. Yeah. And for um, me, like the podcast obviously is a hobby. Yes. But it but, would be lovely if I thought that anybody got some sort of recognition or a bit of work yeah. from the chat that we've had because but, but, I'm picking people who, you know, that I, I warm to that I think, you know, are worthy of being on the podcast because <laughs> they've got a good story, an interesting story to yes. tell. They're interesting people, they've done great things. They're, essentially, they're good people. It's lovely if you can then boost somebody else in any way, shape or Yeah, form, but so. I'm sure you'll get, you'll get some spin-offs from this as well, both you as an individual because you're learning and you're loving the art of mm. communicating and you want to take it in different directions and you've, you'll have met and have met some interesting people yeah. already in lots of different walks of life and then you've already sparked something in them going actually yeah well it's funny because you just think you're doing what you're doing yeah. and you don't realise how other people see it or how other people are maybe inspired by it you know yeah. like I've had people say to me I think it's really cool that you're doing this or yeah. that you're going out of your comfort zone. Like the whole editing thing for me, yeah, yeah. I didn't have a clue. So yeah, it's slightly out of my comfort zone. and But that's a good thing. But you wouldn't you know? be sitting here unless you enjoyed it. As in exactly. Doing, doing that, so. And I'm very lucky because I, I get to do what I want to do day to day. And it doesn't make it any less of hard work or it's not yeah. any less of a job. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like working for yourself, as you'll know, it's yes. full on. But um, yeah, I consider myself very lucky to, to have had the work that I've had and then it's given me these opportunities to connect with like-minded people who are inspiring, who are creative, talented, who yeah. yeah. better than that. Yeah. So that's that's the whole, that's why you're here. Right. Well, that's why I'm here and you're, <laughs> I've kept you this time. But that, that, that idea of creativity is something which you know, talk about in education quite a bit and the, the, the creativity is not about, you know, art in the traditional sense. You know, a lot of people would define creativity in that traditional artistic mm-hmm. sense but creativity is so important you know I talk, in, a, in a business world I talk all the time about you know if people were not creative then 
none of the products we have we take for like even like a bottle of water in front mm. of us now again good for the podcast bottle of water look at that <laughs> but you know like people being creative in terms of bottle of water now again bottled water is now getting a bad press because of the single use but yes. then people have to be creative in that sense well how do we you know so creativity yeah. is we could take innocuous objects like a bottle of water so creativity i was trying to say to the kids you know that you know we have to be creative Which as individuals is essentially play Yes, yes. Which we need to do more yes. of. Yes. Like you were saying earlier on. Yeah. Get outside. Yep, yep. Kick a ball about. You just Correct. never know what will happen. Indeed, indeed. You so uh, creativity is a big thing for me and, you know, being creative in a business sense is you've got you've got to be creative. You've got to try be ahead of the curve, whatever the curve is just now because things are just moving so fast uh-huh. and, you know, hopefully for us, podcasting will be around for a while in, in lots of different ways and uh, we're certainly very excited by that. And you've got mm. to be excited, you know, if nothing excites you and your life's pretty boring. Boom. <laughs> Boom, done. <laughs> well, I'm I'm looking to for some creative answers in my next right, section. Okay. Right. Don't mind. That's I've got fine. some. No well, problem. Well, I wasn't very creative with the name of this section because we right. come up with names. So I called it the Thingamabobs. That's, that's a great what name. You call things when you don't know what they're called. Yeah, that yeah. Thingamabob over there. I'm happy with that. So these are the Thingamabobs. I have several, but I've picked out some especially for you. Thank today, you, Graham. So. Uh, let me just locate them. My first question to you. Right. I'll go to the very end. I'm getting now. grilled here. Number sixty-six. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you could choose someone to record your favourite book as like an audio book, whose voice would you choose? So somebody like doing my story? No, no, no. A story that you like. All so right. It could be a book that you've read right. that you really enjoyed. Who would be the would, narrator? And who would be the narrator? Whose <sighs> voice do you really like? Right. Because uh, you obviously have a fabulous voice. I'm <laughs> thank sure you. you're inspired <laughs> by other fabulous voices. Well, somebody whose voice uh, I love listening to, and he has some magnificent tons of phrases, sadly no longer with us. And it's, it's a sporting link. It was rugby commentator Bill McLaren, uh, who was from Hoyk. He was a teacher as well, which is a bizarre connection. But he was a guy who had some amazing. I first started watching, like, well, the Five Nations as it was before, it was before Italy came on board. Like in the eighties and nineties, he mm-hmm. was just such a fantastic commentator. His his level of detail uh, and preparation was magnificent. But you know, in terms of the narration and the the, the tone and how he delivered, it was absolutely fantastic. Mm. Uh, so Bill McLaren, the, the famous rugby commentator, would be one that has sprung to mind. So I'm not going to change my mind on that one. Great, Go for him. I love it. Thank you. That was good question. That was easy. Good question. Thanks. I made that one for you. Thanks. That's why it's number sixty-six. Right. Okay. <laughs> Where do you not mind waiting? Wow, not mind waiting. Yeah. Um, not mind waiting. That's a very left field question. <laughs> is that one of your standard questions? Is that? Is that I have asked it before. Right. I'm not going to tell you what other people have said though, because I right. may sway you. Right. Okay. Not mind Think waiting. Think about where you have to wait quite often, and you don't mind. You it. wait. Well, I suppose. Well, let's let's keep on brand and say I don't <laughs> mind waiting for people to arrive to be guests because that's. Uh, Nice. It's obviously what you want to do, and it's your passion. So, there's lots of reasons why people are late. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't mind waiting for a guest if that guest was really important. I was actually late for uh, Gordon Strachan, uh, but he very politely waited. So, um, <laughs> I have been late for him. So, you would tr- return the favour? Indeed, yes. <laughs> like it. Um, what is the best sound ever? The best sound ever? <laughs> Crikey. Um, best sound ever. So my, my brain's thinking about, you know, music. You asked me about my, my, my entrance music. I'm kind of mm. thinking that, which is different. But the best sound. Um, wow. These are good questions. Thanks. Stop me. No, no it's good. It's good <laughs> to make people think. I haven't answered any of these personally. Right. Uh, best sound. <laughs> um, oh, 
uh, I could be really cliche and say the sound of a crowd when a goal is scored or a try is scored. Now that that is a good, that's a rocket. I'll tell you one noise which was was unique to me because I hadn't been at it. Again, keeping on brand, I suppose is the first um, Celtic Rangers match at Hampden Park. Right. The you know the cacophony of noise um, when the teams. I mean, obviously they both hate each other. Let's not pretend. So when the when the teams first came out of the tunnel, because I announced, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome your team, Celtic and Rangers, and just like that noise yeah. was like incredible. Uh-huh. So yeah. in, in terms of keeping on brand, that that is a unique noise. Yes. <laughs> Two teams enter the uh, gladiatorial arena, particularly mm. when it's Celtic and Rangers. Um, but opening at a can of beer is obviously quite a nice noise as well. <laughs> or, or, Love it. Uh, <laughs> what song do you know every single word oh. to? Uh, well, I suppose if I if I if I, if I if I if I was choosing my five songs or five yes. artists going back in the day in a kind of desert island discs kind of way, then the bands I got into quite early artists were things like Howard Jones. He's like a a, a synth pop. I actually mm. went to see him a, a a couple of months ago with my brother and a pal for school stand. It was a kind of ironic kind of. Um, Nods back to the eighties, but Howard Jones, I probably know most of his lyrics. Mm. Uh, was, I, I went through a phase of liking Deacon Blue, so you probably know most of their lyrics, all the kind of big cool. hits like Dignity, things like that. And you know, in terms of like you know having kids, we went to see um, Toy Story Four. <gasps> Is it good? It's it's okay. I mean, they'll never peak and beat Toy Story one or two. Fair enough. But you know, there's what's it? So you've got a friend in me. Yes. Because that's doing the rounds again. So I probably know the lyrics of that in terms of kids. <laughs> Uh, there's lots of play kids TV programs mm. and stuff like that. Baby Shark and that. No, no, that's 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 that's. Are we past that? Apart, oh, aye. That is, are we what past is that? Actually, first time I heard that, we were at a trampoline place for somebody's party, and they're playing music, and like my kids are jumping, going, I'd never heard of it, and they were so it's all, it's all on all over YouTube again. This is a generation thing, like they've also just churning through YouTube, whereas yeah. you and I we listen to the radio mm. and recording it and pressing record and pause. <laughs> Like they're listening on YouTube going, how have I, I mean, it's like no trillions of listens and now I know what it is, but yeah. baby shark, just took love my <laughs> Over head. The head. <laughs> I think that's okay. I'm not mm. going to judge you for that. <laughs> right. What's your biggest pet peeve? Oof. I mean, you're Things very that... mild mannered. I can't Thanks. imagine you getting like annoyed at very easily, but. Um, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, now the certain people in the family might laugh at this, but I I am I I like to think I'm kind of relatively tidy. I don't like the shoes being left lying about. Okay. So put you got to look after your clothes. Yes. No, think so. Uh huh. Absolutely. Yeah. Are you like do you clean your trainers and all that? Are you? Like, I try. I try. And, I try and clean them again. Your trainers look very tidy. Well, I do try and clean yeah. them now and again. You know, um. So yeah, put put putting clothes away. I suppose try to be tidy. Mm-hmm. I not not like I'm not a big fan of untidiness fair enough I'm not saying I'm perfect but I mean it's very tidy in here thanks thanks so well Keith can take the credit for that <laughs> you're on brand I'm on brand uh, I, but, I mean I suppose I don't know there's nothing that's totally uh-huh. springing to mind um, there will be things that annoy me but I'll, I'll keep my clothes and tidiness that's Fine. a nice sensible answer Fine. yes yes that's, that's alright to me yeah. I'm about that um, I don't know if you know this off hand this is another new question mm. what was the last thing you googled Oof. I suppose we could check just now. What did I Google? That'd be something fairly innocuous. Um, <laughs> let's see if I can work my phone. That's really helpful. What did I Google last? A good question. I don't know. The last thing it... I Googled was you, you see. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'll tell you what it is. Uh-huh. It's through you. <gasps> because 
you uh, yesterday check us out. you check, it was it was to do with you because uh, I tweeted yesterday I renewed my car insurance so did I I know and you replied to my tweet saying so did I like you just said yes and I was trying to think of the word whereby it's the same thing you do something at the same time you go jinx kind of thing but uh-huh. it's a word for that and I thought the word was possibly serendipity so that I can show you again it's good for the podcast yes. I thought the word when you do the same thing at the same time type thing there was or a, is that there was a, a coincidence? That, wasn't there? Yeah, but serendipity is not. What is it you, not? Well, serendipity, if I can say it, is the occurrence and development of events by chance in a happy or beneficial way. So it's it's kind of kind of there. I mean, we were pretty happy. With we, we were quite happy with our deal Admiral from quotes. Admiral. <laughs> Admirals, where you want to go, guys? For you. Well, it is actually because the amount of searching I did in this went straight back to Admiral because it was the cheapest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But but how funny pe- was that? But, pe- but going back to being on brand, but if you do a good job, that was very happy. I've stayed loyal to them. So, so you go there. I'm but I, Sarah, it. Seren, I can't even say it. There's certain words you can't say. Serendipity. Serendipity. It's it's that's what I searched on Google because I thought that you and I had. To be fair, it, I'm that, sure you can say all the words better than mm. anybody with the amount of talking that you. One have word I can't say often is itinerary. That's oh, right. hard though. There's yeah. just a million hours in that. Aye, I know. And my last question, talking about words. I ask everyone this question. What is your favourite Scottish word or phrase? Right. This is broadcastable. I suppose it's overused now, but we kind of use it quite a bit as banter. Just banter. A bit of banter. Although, if I can steal a kind of made-up Scottish word, which I think was from back in the day, I don't know if you know, you're you're a couple of years younger than me, I think. Um, (laughs) Yeah, obviously. Uh, It was um, (laughs) Scotch and Rye, it was Ricky Uh Fulton. They had a lot of great uh, sketches, but I think on that one, they made up a word, or Ricky Fulton made up a word called Fantabulous. Which is fantastic and fabulous mixed together. (laughs) So Fantabulous is my favourite sort of made-up kind of word which kind of sounds Scottish aye uh, and, and good old banter banter but no I, I do like I do like kind of making up words and and, and like tons of phrase mm. uh, and being creative in that sense so yeah. aye, aye. it's nice to play the language I've, I've, there must be another <laughs> Scottish word I'll, 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 I'll think later on saying I should have said that word uh, <laughs> well your banter has been fantabulous well, thank, today Graham. well thank you thank you Thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. No, it's been good fun. You're now good in the, chat. the Brave Clan. I'm <laughs> proud to be a member. <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Bra and the Brave, a podcast about people and their passions. Join us next time for more insight and inspiration from my wonderful guests. Bye for now.